everyone, and welcome to the 17th TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. I'm Kevin, a.k.a. Eurydice, and I'll be leading the podcast this month. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark, gamertag, not Penny's boat. Hello again. Yes, he's he's here once again, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Sam, Wait, what? who's normally our third co-host, couldn't make it this month due to some difficulty wait where do, where does that unfortunately go is that at the end of the sentence about me or at the beginning about sam <laughs> it's hard it's hard to say <laughs> but never fear there's a lot to talk about and uh, i think we're gonna have some great discussion today this is the august 2018 podcast if you're joining us for the first time this is a community driven show where the lively true achievements users they vote on a game to play each month and then hundreds to thousands or hundreds of thousands of us spend the four plus weeks of a month playing that game, breaking it down in the forums, comparing achievements, and then wrapping it up all in this wonderful podcast. If you're wondering how you can contribute, just head on over to trueachievements.com on the 15th of every month and you can check it out. August lineup was Halo against Shadows of the Dam, Titanfall 2, and XCOM 2. Halo kind of ran away with the voting, earning 38% of the total vote with Titanfall 2 coming in second. That was actually Titanfall's second chance, so I'm personally a bit disappointed it didn't <laughs> make it as I'd love to rave about it. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Maybe one day it'll return. I'll certainly be pushing for that. <laughs> but... Enough about those other games. Today, we're going to be talking about the first game in a series I'm sure you're all very familiar with. But just in case you are not, I'll give you guys a little bit of background. So Halo started off as a game called Monkey Nuts, according <laughs> to Wikipedia. I think that's probably true because it's on Wikipedia. This was back in 1997 when Bungie was just a 15-person team. They were actually working on this as a side project. Uh, it was eventually renamed when Jason Jones, the lead, decided that he was embarrassed to tell his mother the name of the game he was working on. It was going to be an RTS that would focus on 3D environments and physics, which were a really big deal back then because RTSs were all 2D and nothing really special. So it had a lot of potential. It was officially announced by none other than Steve Jobs at Macworld in 1999. This was back when Apple products weren't cool and Apple was trying really hard <laughs> to get anyone they could to purchase a Mac. So development continued on and obviously eventually Bungie got bought up by Microsoft. The game morphed from an RTS to a third person shooter and then finally to first person as we all know and love it. It was an Xbox launch title and was the only title worth playing on Xbox. <laughs> and I mean that quite literally until Knights of the Old Republic released over a year and a half later. It's also interesting to note, it did finally actually release on PC in 2003. I know a few people on the forums actually played it. I don't know why, because it was really horrible. If any of you really tried the multiplayer, there was a lag that was always there. It's impossible to get rid of. And so you'd always have to aim multiple feet ahead of where you expected your target to be in order to hit them. It's very difficult. I actually played that competitively, and I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> I don't have an explanation for it. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get the ball rolling. Mark, how did you feel about Halo 1 before starting this? Yeah, I think I mentioned uh, on the last show, you know, we always tease what's next, and this was basically my first run-in with any Halo. I I think I 
half-heartedly or almost no-heartedly, <laughs> completely void of heart, uh, played through a couple of them that were games with gold titles over the year. I think that was Halo 3 and Halo ODST, uh, or maybe... Oh, no, I think it was Reach, because Reach has the dramatic ending uh, that we don't need to spoil here, I guess. But, yeah, I, I kind of just ran through those with my brain turned off just for, for some achievements years ago. So this was my first real, like, legitimate attempt to get into halo because to date i've not been into it whatsoever even though i consider xbox like my primary console and you know i love ta i love everything xbox well i don't love everything they do but i really appreciate the brand as much as you can um without getting into like fanboy territory and uh and yet i've never played their flagship series but yeah so this this was really my first attempt at really getting into it well that's that's promising. So, did you expect to like it, or were you more open? I don't know. I guess my expectations were I wasn't going to like it too much, because if I had higher expectations than that, I would have played it years ago, because I, I tend to play, like, for the same reason a lot of the TA playlist games are, are repeat playthroughs for me. I tend to play anything I think I'll like, or even a whole bunch of stuff I don't think I'll like, but I just want to see, like, what it's about just to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on from what from the little bits i'd seen of halo i wasn't interested in the world or like master chief like he's not i know he's iconic across all of games but he's not like especially cool in in my own head or or in my heart i guess and i guess if i had to say i was leaning one way or the other I, i was probably leaning slightly cynically but you know the thing about playlist is you, you kind of you push through it and you you figure out what the what the real truth is at least according to you but you don't you got to like see it through you know which was a real slog for me this month uh, as we'll get into but <laughs> but I was able to do it <laughs> all right well very good let's open up with the story this game is about some aliens they're named the covenant <laughs> and they're constantly fighting you so that your ship it just crash lands on this alien ring for no real reason we don't know anything that's going on anyway you crash land you go out you look for your friends you ultimately find out the ring is called halo and it's a weapon that the covenant want to use because they're evil so we go on and we're gonna turn it off we meet this guy named 343 guilty spark he's gonna show us how to do that and then we accidentally release the flood instead and they're really creepy guilty spark gets really mad and then master chief blows up the whole ring, (laughs) and that's pretty much what happens so it's a very simple sci-fi story overall, I would say. Did you like it, Mark? Yeah, I, I you know, every month you you jokingly with little charity uh summarize the stories in these games that we play and I I would say this month it didn't seem all that uncharitable to me the way you just put it because that's about all I took out of it. Uh despite the fact that I was more committed uh in terms of just brain power and trying to really get get a handle on what this series is and especially what this debut game was for the series it, that's really all i took out of it was some sci-fi tropes like uh i mean we'll, we'll get to the flood and i think the flood reveal was pretty cool but that's also a very tropey thing to to like oh no you've awakened a much worse enemy and like we've we've seen that before but yeah i mean there's a whole bunch that i have wrong with this story i don't i don't know where you want to start but just in general, I get, it's not good. <laughs> I have a hard time with this. I'll admit I've read most of the books, certainly all of the older books that really connect with 
the original trilogy and as well i've actually played the whole original trilogy multiple times so i i have a hard time disconnecting halo's story which while playing it admittedly feels very simple and not connected at all so later titles and the extended universe kind of expand that so i i don't know if i'm the right person really to lead this specific part of the discussion so i i guess i would say did you think it did anything well first i mean like i said with the flood it, that is a tropey move the the way that they reveal them but at the same time i totally didn't expect it for somehow over the past what's it been 17 years since halo debuted i don't think i've ever even seen images of the flood before if I, or if i have i've forgotten about them I totally didn't expect anything other than the Covenant to be firing back at me in this game. And then these, like, plant-like creatures come out of nowhere. They, you know what they reminded me of, actually, is uh, Dead Space. You, you probably haven't played Dead Space because you're famously... Uh, nope. you, you famously avoid all almost all horror, <laughs> except for the ones we make you play once once a year, which is coming up, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but I, I, I like the design of them, e- even if, like, their introduction was, was something that I'd, I'd seen before. But other than that, I mean, I think Cortana is terrible. Like, her, her voice actor was extremely wooden to me. And I was like, well, she's playing a, an AI. Like, that's that actually makes a lot of sense, I guess. But then later on, like, she gets, think when things get more dramatic, she actually is imbued with, like, a personality and, and, and some emotionality. And, and you I realized then that she's actually just reading her lines poorly. And that was probably the standard in 2001 because i mean master chief is 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 terrible as well that voice actor is is just awful but uh you know this is just the halo one podcast but consuming halo one as we did over the past month i guess a a lot of my permanent thoughts from this game were about me seeing like wondering how the future ones how the how like the sequels improved on it because I don't know. It's it's tough to put it in a context. It's 2001, so I give it a pass on a lot of things. But at the same time, like a lot of this was was really bad. <laughs> I thought. So you think it's setting a, a very poor foundation moving forward? Other than well, story wise, yeah, and character wise, yeah. Like I can't. It's it's kind of unfathomable to me that that so many people love this series and, but not 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 that they love it, but that many of those people that love it love it because of the characters like they love master chief and they love cortana and they love if i'm not mistaken there's like some sort of love angle that comes up later or i don't that's maybe i've I've heard wrong but (laughs) maybe it's not so overt as to be a romance story they just care about each other deeply i guess that that, that's yes exactly that that's exactly right so some people will read in a romantic angle into that but i'm not sure that was necessarily intended as what it actually is Mm. though i'm I'm sure the people writing it realized it might be taken that way so i'm not gonna say it wasn't intentional but i i'm not sure that's what it's meant to be yeah and i i could i could appreciate that if it's a sufficiently advanced ai as it as cortana is then you know, I, I think anybody who was, who like, running around saving the world with her game after game, year after year, like Master Chief is, you, you would become attached to that AI just as if it was another human being. Like, that that makes sense to me. But uh, what doesn't make sense to me is because both of those characters are so bad in this first game, I wonder if they never get any better, if this is sort of 
the standard for these characters throughout the series, then how are people staying invested, basically? <laughs> well, I don't I don't want to say they ever become some deep, powerful story, but I do think especially Master Chief and Katana's relationship works very well. Part of that is probably what you just mentioned. As the years go on, you play them with both of them together. So as a player, you grow attached to them and that'll give any story relating to them a bit more emotional attachment and validity by itself outside of necessarily what the story itself might merit. But on the other hand, especially in Halo 4, well, let me walk that back a little bit. As a bit of background for you, in the Halo lore, AIs are basically built to only exist for seven years. That's what prevents them from controlling the galaxy, basically. Huh. That's kind of cool. So they enter something called rampancy, where they just kind of go crazy and start shutting down. So in Halo 4, that starts to happen to Cortana. So Halo 4's story is in major part, not entirely, but quite a bit of it, and certainly what I think is the best part of it, focused on that Master Chief and Cortana relationship as they have to deal with potentially losing each other. I I think it works really mm. well. So I guess tying this back to Halo 1, does that seem believable at this point to you? Yeah, I... I guess I could get there. I'd have to play several more games, and I guess the the voice acting quality would have to improve. Like I understand that Master Chief is is going to be a man of few words probably throughout the series, but he, yeah, Cortana basically is his voice. In yeah, a way, especially in Halo One, but it, or she's a narrator really in Halo One. But later on, she'll they work together. It, you know, if if they're having a conversation with someone, Cortana's probably the one speaking the words even though master chief is capable of it mm. he just typically doesn't yeah so cortana is the one that tells people hey let's go do this master chief is gonna do this etc yeah i actually thought master chief was a silent protagonist i i guess you know i, I must have had my brain so turned off for when i played a couple of those games with gold halos that i didn't even remember master chief ever speaking or you know actually what might have been more likely is i just skipped the cutscenes back then because <laughs> i really didn't care but uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I came into Halo assuming he was a silent protagonist. And then, you know, he speaks so sparingly that he nearly is. But yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me from like an overall like Xbox legacy perspective that Master Chief has become this iconic character really just because he's the playable character in the game that everybody loved growing up. Because like I, anybody who says like they love Master Chief as a character, I, I would love to pick their brains and figure out what it is about him that they love. But I I think those people exist, right? I mean, or am I just mistaken? Uh, they, they do. And part of that, one other thing that we should probably talk about is the existence of the extended universe. And in that That's true, yeah. context, especially the book Fall of Reach, which starts far earlier than the game. The book Fall of Reach starts when Master Chief and all the other Spartans are five years old, I think. Hmm. Uh, they get abducted and forced to train with each other. And in that book... And in all the other books, Master Chief is not at all a silent protagonist. He's constantly talking and doing things. He's a leader, and it, he's not a leader just because he's the strongest or the fastest or anything like that. But they try to show you how he deserves to be the leader, how he becomes the leader 
of all of these and why everyone respects him. And you wouldn't get that out of a silent protagonist. That wouldn't make any sense. So (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of players who say that have probably at least some exposure to that. The book Fall of Reach is actually pretty decent uh, as a sci-fi novel. It's, It's certainly not award-winning but it you could do a heck of a lot worse (laughs) i would say (laughs) it's not a bad read at all especially if you're already invested in the series so i I bet a lot of people have read that and that helps them to gain some more perspective Hmm. on, on this that you definitely don't get just playing the game so maybe that is part of it and then there is I suppose a bit more character. I mean, I I don't know. Actually, that's probably too generous. There's really not any more. I mean, the other Halo games aren't very much different than this one, to be perfectly honest. In terms <laughs> of how they treat Master Chief, he's still always a man of very few words. He'll throw out one-liners here and there, and he'll occasionally have a bit more conversation. He probably has the fewest lines in Halo One, but it's certainly not I- anything involved that you'd expect from like a story focused game Hmm. it's certainly not he's he's more like a half silent (laughs) yeah he's he's a quiet protagonist yeah it was the beginning of that change i guess from like when we used to have all silent protagonists to now how we have very verbose and very wordy protagonists these days i mean we still have some silence too but that's even when that happens that's like the exception that's that's typically done as like a a throwback you know that's that's how it feels these days but i guess in many ways uh halo is sort of the bridge between the old and and, and the modern which and and to that angle i can appreciate it yeah that's more gameplay wise though which we can get into later yeah i think time in the long he had a a quote that's kind of relevant to that, I think he said, it's easy to see why the story, the music and the gameplay combined to set the tone for an entire new area of shooters. Master Chief may be a bit flat as a character in 2018, but back upon release, a silent protagonist with vague motivation was about as good as it got. <laughs> and I, I think that's pretty true. Other games that were highly popular back then, Half-Life and Half-Life 2, kind of near that, also features silent protagonist mm. main character. And those are very celebrated for their story. It just wasn't something that people expected to see or hear back then was the protagonist shouting words. And I'm sure that was mainly a limitation of the medium at the time. You just couldn't have that much voiced content in games. And maybe there was no drive to do that because a 16-bit game and even a 64-bit game has a very hard time telling a compelling story. Hmm. Uh, But that's really a different an entirely different discussion <laughs> i was gonna say too i guess a lot of a lot of the reasons why i find uh the story so like bland and, and easily missable i mean granted i'm not giving it a lot of credit that it deserves for the extended universe and i'm sure anybody who consumes all of that extra content i mean for one if you're consuming it that much you must really like it <laughs> or else you're just extremely curious but and those people know so much more than me too so i'm kind of you know I'm writing off this whole universe based on one game from almost two decades ago. So it's a bit unfair of me, but I guess just the the whole premise of it doesn't appeal to me so much because it's entirely, as far as I can see, I don't know if later sequels change this, but the first game is entirely told from like a militaristic standpoint. And I don't know if later on, like if Chief's on the run and he's no, if, you know, if he's been outcast or... 
I'm just, it, again, it doesn't really apply because it's supposed to be the Halo 1 podcast, but because this is the introduction to the flagship Xbox series, I guess I'm curious and I'm hoping you can fill me in or maybe the readers uh, or, you know, our forum members can when they hear this. I'm just wondering if later, does it ever get to the point where it's not just like good guys and bad guys on on opposing militaries? Because like I, I'll play those sorts of things for like Call of Duty or Medal of Honor, but with a space shooter, I don't know why. I just want it to be more than just militaries battling. Like I want there to be like people involved that aren't you know wearing their uh, their pins and then their their military uniforms and all that stuff. It, you want something other than humans versus aliens, and that's just the way it is, basically. <laughs> yeah. Does Does Halo ever get past that, or is that always? In a way, yes. It. It does. Uh, actually, it's funny because Halo 5 is about Master Chief being on the run, oh, as really? you mentioned. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yes, he, he does eventually go on the run after Halo 4. And like I mentioned, the his and Cortana's relationship and the deterioration of that definitely causes him to make some choices. Hmm. But and, and I'll try to say this without spoiling it in case we hopefully play these games in the future. But I guess... I don't know if if you would be... The short answer to your question is yes, but I'm not sure you asked really the right question because I don't think, based on your criticism, you would necessarily be satisfied with what else is offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still... Halo is has always been, and I assume will continue to be very focused on the gameplay and the combat first and the story second. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get deep meaningful moral questions out of this game at at least you haven't so far obviously they might throw those in but that's not really what the series so far has been about so while you don't always have humans versus aliens eventually you find aliens that fight for you and obviously with master chief on the run there are humans chasing after him though there i'm not sure there's ever been human versus human combat in halo series that might be something to add to it the flood kind of do that sometimes yeah. uh the smarter flood forms uh, kind of give you a taste of what that might be like but i don't think you ever actually fight other spartans and other humans in any of the halo games so mm-hmm. i guess that they could expand to that in the future but you do fight with aliens and you fight against other aliens uh, other than the ones you've seen here so there's some expansion on it but i i don't think the core feeling of how the game plays in a very militaristic setting really ever changes no hmm. well at least i know that going into it because uh I, I I'm sitting on a few revelations that I that I want to share with you later. That because I you know like we've said a few times on other shows, we try not to tip each other off to our opinions. And uh, this past week, I've tipped you off to the fact that I uh, exactly how I felt about this game. But um, just just recently, that I've I've undergone some changes too. Uh, and I guess at this point, I'm already kind of <laughs> revealing. Yeah, please please share. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I was I was maybe gonna save it for the end but I, I can do it now too it's fine it kind of requires me to explain how this past month has gone if you'll if you'll allow me to do that for a moment please because uh so this month started sam's already not with us because he he was away for much of the month as was i that's why we were recording late i was actually on vacation for 10 days 
and not on a vacation where you get to like stay home and play video games that much extra time. Uh, it was like a family vacation where we were away and like doing things. So there was no gaming really to be done in that time. And then I had PAX last weekend, which is which typically would have been probably the weekend we recorded. So I basically missed like more than half this month. Um, and thankfully, it's a short game anyway. So I was able to squeeze it in. Even then, it took an extra week. But I played a little bit through like two levels, really wasn't liking it like like strongly was disliking and i think i made that clear in our discord chat and then uh, and then i went on vacation and i came back and on the third level it was auto saving at a point where i kept dying uh well not me but like the was it i forget his military rank but keys like corporal keys captain general captain captain keys yeah he's he's a captain yeah okay i'm supposed to escort him out on the third mission and he just kept getting slaughtered like as soon as my autosave came out of it like there was like a brief story beat and then some enemies rushed us and he would always die immediately and i couldn't rescue him so at that point i was like so fed up with the game that i just put it away for a long time and i had a couple reviews and a couple other, you know, like Rocket League's doing this, Sea of Thieves doing that, and I'm distracted. And if, if I could interrupt real quick, by the way, what? you should have told me that because if you quickly start and revert to save a bunch of times, like five or six times in a row, it'll put you at the checkpoint before that. Oh, really? Yeah, that they built in a protection basically. Oh, that's pretty cool. To make sure if you're he- stuck at a checkpoint where you constantly die. But you have to die, not Captain Keys. So uh, okay. you would have had to kill yourself jump in front really quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get yourself killed really fast. Anyway, so there, there is some protection for that. So don't hold that particular bit against the game. Anyway, as you were saying, you were, you had the PAX weekend. Yeah. So and, and you know, by the time PAX is done, now it's September. We still haven't. I still haven't finished it. We still haven't recorded the podcast. And all of my memories of it, you know, they're all recent just days ago or weeks ago memories but all of them are negative and i'm like this game is annoying <laughs> it's super old it plays like it in, in many ways um in some ways it doesn't and i was just totally fed up with it but i knew i had to get through it and but i was vocalizing all that to you that like i was just really sick of it and then uh so i, I beat i finished the game for a review i can't mention yet like two or three days ago and that'll be on site in a few days and then yesterday, Spider-Man came out. So the day in between, I had nothing on my plate and I had some free time to play games. And I was like, well, it's now or never. I'm either going to do a Halo podcast on three levels, which is unfair to everybody involved, including the listeners and myself and you, or I'm going to push through and just beat it. And I did that. And by the end of it, the levels got better i think like you said actually when i was complaining in the in the for in our forums the the first three levels really are kind of the worst like pretty much the other seven are all like the seven best <laughs> like and on top of that you know so i beat it and i was like oh finally it's out of the way i uninstalled it because i still didn't like it enough to consider playing it more and then i even uninstalled halo 5 from game pass because i was like well now i know i'm not going to play this and then a few hours later you were like, oh, I, I want to show you one more thing. So I reinstalled it for what? Yeah, last night, right? And then yep. just last night, we played the library on co-op. Legendary. Yeah, on co-op legendary. Yeah. And then we played a couple rounds of multiplayer, King of the Hill and some other bomb thing. Assault. We Assault. played Halo 2 Assault. It wasn't even Halo 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. You didn't I mean, notice that we were playing a different game. Oh, yeah. Well, the first one was Halo 2 as well? No, the first one was Halo One. Oh, okay, cool. That one I actually liked better, anyways. <laughs> I like that game mode better. But yeah, the uh, 
and I've got to say, uh, the mad dash through the game on a, you know, eventually I had to lower the difficulty just to get through it, which I'm sure was, was annoying to you because you wanted me to see it all on the third or the second highest or whatever yeah for everyone listening i wanted him to play on heroic which is i think where really the ai starts to shine the halo is famous for its ai and you don't really get that if you're playing on easy or normal where you can just kind of run through the whole thing Mm. yeah and and i did play some of it on that and we can get get into more of that too in a a moment but i i you know short story long what, what i'm getting at is i was absolutely hating it super behind in, in my work and, and making time for a TA playlist. And it was just all really annoying to me because it like to date, nothing has gone this way. I've not like Darksiders right now is my least favorite playlist game. And Halo was like battling that for the top spot in terms of how little I enjoyed playing through a game for this, for this event. <laughs> and, uh, but just in the past 48 hours, a whole bunch of that changed. And I don't think, you know, I'm, I still don't say, I can't justifiably call myself a Halo fan. Like, I'm playing it on easy in co-op with my partner at this point. Um, Because, spoiler alert, we even started Halo 2 last night. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, yeah, I'm playing it on easy, and I still don't care about the story. I'll never get involved in the extended universe, and I don't care to ever play the multiplayer, I think. And we can get into multiplayer more in depth later as well. I'm sorry to jump all over like whatever outline you you had planned for this. Oh, that's <laughs> yes, fine. Just like hitting that's everything fine. at once, but yeah, I just I just it's been really interesting for me just in the past like literal day and a half, two days that my opinion of the game and of the prospect of playing through the series has gone up dramatically. Um, even if I'm still kind of playing the wrong way, as most fans I think would would say, like if you're not going to play on legendary co-op and you're not going to play the multiplayer and you don't care about the story, like that's basically no halo fan plays that way. So I don't think I'm a halo fan, but I'm a fan enough of some of the gameplay elements, which I guess this ultimately is maybe a good segue into that. (laughs) I guess, I guess I'm a fan enough of some of that stuff to the point where it's not the worst playlist experience for me. It's dark sider still claims that throne basically. (laughs) Well, that's, that's good. I, I will say that most people do not play on Legendary for fun. I do, and I'm sure there are other people that do, but that's mainly because these are games some of us have played through many, many, many times. And so I understand exactly how to fight the enemies and how to kill them. So Legendary is the only way to get any kind of challenge at all. For someone who's just coming into the game, Legendary would be really brutal, and I I don't think it would add anything to your experience. It'd probably detract from it, and hmm. I'm quite sure there are many people just like that that love the game series, but they don't play it constantly. So I, I don't think you've done anything wrong, is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and while I would think Heroic is better as a gameplay experience, uh, maybe not if you're playing co-op with someone who's not very good at fps games i don't know how much he's played but uh, you yourself i think could handle heroic uh, if you really wanted to so that's why i was trying to push you to do that so you could get the full experience for our discussion but i I don't think it's wrong to not do that Hmm. yeah i I mean that it's basically it was the only way i was going to consume it was to (laughs) to turn yeah if you need to just get it out there asap then (laughs) obviously 
you can't sit there and die multiple times in every encounter. <laughs> That'd just take too long. Yeah. So, and ultimately it is what you like, know. you know, raised my opinion a little bit. If, if the, if, if I really did just, you know, never get through that third level on heroic, kept dying over and over again, this podcast goes a lot differently as it very nearly did until two days ago. And really even last night, like I was, I was even after I played, like I said, I was still done with it. I still immediately uninstalled everything that said halo on my hard drive. I was like, well, <laughs> I've done my due diligence and now I don't have to play it again. I know I don't want to. And then you tell me to reinstall for a surprise and you show me legendary co-op. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually, that reminds me. Co-op does make pretty much literally everything better, you know. And even even in that brief flash, like that was more fun. And so now my fiance and I are we're playing it together. Yeah, still uneasy, but we've we've cycled through Left 4 Dead so often now that it's nice to have a different co-op, local co-op campaign game because there are so few these days that I'm looking at the Master Chief Collection in Halo 5 and I'm like, well, we've got another five games here that we can play. So at this point, I, I'm actually, a little Halo high on... 5 does not have local co-op. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of its uh, huge, huge problem for a lot of people uh-huh. that it just got slammed for. And I'm pretty sure they've said that Halo 6 will have local co-op oh wow they may not have but there's no way it's not going to Mm. because this hit hard against a lot of what people love about halo is the co-op as i guess you're discovering (laughs) and so when they took that out it did not sit well with people it does have co-op but you have to play online okay well we we do have two xboxes so if if we care so, enough so we you'll might still be able that. to play yeah. if if you want to then so that's good for you but <laughs> yeah there, there are other people i remember when halo 5 came out just reading comments where people would say you know i've played everything with my brother or with my son and now we can't yeah and i don't understand why this change was made yeah and that that would so be terrible for me too like that, that's like if I was, you know, putting myself in their shoes, if I was a, a fan like that, I would I would feel pretty let down. Although I think co-op, local co-op doesn't happen often anymore just because it, I've heard it's like difficult to render like two different versions of the same game like that is, I guess well, it's just yeah, I mean, technically I, I'm difficult. not technically savvy in this way, but my understanding is basically what you said. You have to render the whole thing twice. Yeah. And so that's very difficult. Uh, since you're processing everything from two different directions but obviously it it can be made to work it has worked in the past and i assume developers are just pushing graphical quality and frame rate over having local co-op yeah Uh, but as far as halo goes i think hopefully the message was received that halo fans don't care about the performance they just want to play with the people they care about right next to them so (laughs) Hopefully that will translate into Halo Infinite or Infinity, whatever it's called. Infinite, uh, I think. Having local, yeah, Infinite sounds right. <laughs> having local co-op. Hmm. So, I, well, we'll see. Um, maybe I'm wrong and maybe it wasn't announced, but I would be supremely surprised if it did not have local co-op. But uh, it, anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and move on to gameplay then, unless you had any people that you wanted to talk about from the story uh any quotes from the community no a lot of the quotes i pulled um that i'll be sharing later a a lot of them are more like umbrella everything that i'll read at the end Uh, and then i actually have a couple from gameplay so moving into gameplay sounds fine all right well then let me give a a couple community quotes then that stood out to me t vippy who's often commenting uh, on many months i've seen he said 
just today or yesterday, actually, uh, said, excuse me, but I'm going to say something sacrilegious. Did anyone ever think Halo in its entirety looks generic at the time of release, which was 2001 as heck? So he's, he's saying even in 2001, this game looked very generic. Now, obviously, you don't really have that perspective, but do you think it looks generic nowadays? I could go a few ways with this. I th- I think the remaster job that they did on it was absolutely phenomenal. If I don't know if you use that back button to look at what it used to look like compared to now. I if I look at what it used to look like and and put myself in 2001, does it look generic? I I don't think so. I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by generic. I don't think it did personally. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, I think you're right. I mean, I think it was one, you have to remember in 2001 we did, we barely had 3D games before this game came out because we were running with N64 basically was the highest quality console gaming you could get, hmm. and, or I guess the Dreamcast, but uh, obviously that didn't work out. So, I mean, this was basically the game for console players, at least. Obviously, PC had some more room to grow quicker, as it always does. But on, on console, this is the first time you're really getting a very good decent looking 3d experience if you go back and play rare replay and play those in 64 games it's night and day compared to this even like perfect dark which only came out a, a year beforehand basically maybe two years it just looks it, obviously it's a generational leap and the gameplay is substantially better and more modern hmm. uh, at the time so <laughs> I should mention. I think I saw the comment that you're that you quoting from T Vippy. I think thereafter. I don't know if you pulled the whole thing, but that I, th- I think T Vippy's a guy. I think he also mentioned uh, how the enemies look goofy, and I did mm-hmm. want to bring yeah, that up. Yeah, he said aside from the goofy enemies, I guess, which he didn't feel fit, didn't gel with the game's other elements. Yeah, I that was that was my first takeaway because right away on that that first mission when they're boarding your ship and, and attacking you, I'm like. What's up with these little like Ewok looking thing? Like the, I think they're called grunts. Why do they? I don't. That's a really weird design decision to me. I I almost applaud it because it's so antithetical to what you'd expect from a from a big tough guy space shooter like this with Master Chief being like the the super soldier that he is, and then like uh, the lowest rung enemies are like these goofy little kind of like, like little runs. short little ball things you're right i've never thought about that but they kind of are a little bit goofy aren't they yeah i mean even the way they talk <laughs> they, they run so, around they sound like yeah, droids they, from star wars or something it's really they definitely weird talk, they're not very smart you ever notice how uh if you get near them they'll run away screaming yeah like yeah demon. yeah they call you the demon yeah and they like throw their hands <laughs> in the air like they're just flailing around terrified of you it's really strange like i'm yeah, i'm serious like it was it's weird and it's jarring and i i kind of feel like it don't fits I mean, it doesn't fit, but it uh, because of all of that, I kind of applaud them for it because it's so unexpected and just really so bizarre for for such a character to be in it, especially as the series goes on, and even through the 360 era, which I'm sure they're still there. And the 360 era was was a lot of. I mean, we still get it now, but I think it was worse than the 360. Era. It was a lot of like dark colors, gray, like gloomy anti-hero protagonist, like everybody with a gravelly voice and a dark secret and is he a good guy or not like everything in the 360 era was like was trying to be like neo-noir or something almost and so for for halo to be the the flagship series that it is and have these goofy little cartoon character villains running around screaming terrified of you that that's 
unseen anywhere else. I've I would have never expected that, and that was really jarring at first. Yeah, I think that's something that makes Halo very unique and really the polar opposite of generic. So to be clear, I don't agree with TVP at all here. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's sacrilegious, as as he said. Uh, he's definitely welcome to his opinion, and I, I'm happy to discuss it here. But I I just can't agree with that. I even and I, I do agree with what you just pointed out. But even without that, Halo was very bright and colorful often and when you first land on halo especially back in 2001 when you look up and see this whole ring and just kind of imagine it to yourself it's not it i'm not going to say it was ever never done before but it, it certainly wasn't commonly done even on games that dealt with space and aliens and that kind of thing hmm. so i i thought it was definitely not generic hmm. but now you'll have to sorry i might be i might be jumping the gun here but i wanted you to explain to me because we've mentioned the enemy ai a few times and it's all month it's been hard for me to put it in that proper context of of when it released because i wasn't playing many shooters in 2001 outside of uh if my timeline's correct maybe medal of honor was about it or i don't know when the first call of duty was it was a couple years i think it was like 2003 or so so yeah it was probably just medal of honor at that time for me um, and I know you have a lot to say about like the intelligence of the enemy AI and like, but I rather, rather than discuss it, I kind of needed you at, at, in on this topic to just explain it to me because I don't have like the right comparisons in my head. <laughs> All right. Well, we will do that in just a second. I want to do one more story related quote. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and then I, I definitely will do that. Uh, so the other one was from squid C I don't know how to pronounce it. it squid and then CZY. Uh, he was talking about the level 343 Guilty Spark. He said, and I think this one will resonate with you especially. There was a whole group of us taking turns through the campaign, spending a whole night playing. The best part was getting so engaged with the story that when we finally got to 343 Guilty Spark and had the infection form flood show up for the very first time in the underground installation, we all got so scared and freaked out, <laughs> dying so many times in the process. <laughs> And I, I think that is probably everyone, especially if you go into Halo 1 without really knowing what's going to happen. And I'm very glad you got to have that experience somehow, because <laughs> uh, most people nowadays probably don't get it, even if they play Halo 1 for the first time. But I, they do just come out of nowhere. Like, you, it's a dark, it's a creepy area, and especially back then, the atmosphere really worked to create something that was kind of unsettling when you're walking through it especially if you play it at night and then you just encountered these enemies that are very dangerous especially on higher difficulties and don't do what you'd expect them to do they're very aggressive and it it's just a totally different experience and so that really resonated with me and i suspect it will with you as well right yeah it like I, I said before, I, if I've seen any imagery of them before, like over the years, I must have forgotten about it or maybe be, because, you know, I had no idea what it was. I've, I've just easily forgotten about it like that, which, which could be the case. But I definitely didn't go into this thinking I was going to see anything that resembled Dead Space. So that, that was a, a pretty cool reveal. I, on the topic of them, actually, on the Flood, are they relevant later on too? Or is this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I would say 
the short answer to that is yes the flood are very relevant certainly through the original trilogy and potentially even after that because the flood are really something that probably are never going to go away uh, flood are very central in halo 3 i know you said you'd played it so that's why i was surprised you couldn't remember because it's pretty much what halo 3 is yeah about. i well honestly <laughs> halo 3 might not be one of i don't remember which one or two i've played i'd have to look at my gamer card three might not be included it might be I'm positive I played Reach, and maybe even then I should still remember them. But uh, other than that, I'm not. I'm not sure. No, they they weren't in Reach. Oh, okay. They weren't in Reach, and they weren't in ODST. So if those are the only two you played, then uh, you haven't counted. I was going to say I think ODST was the other one because uh, I felt I think at the time like oh this is just some weird spinoff. I'll just do it because it's free or whatever. I don't know. I'd have to look at my gamer card though. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, basically, yes, they they are relevant. And they will always be relevant because the whole central mythos to the Halo series is based around the conflict between the Forerunners and the Flood, at least in part. And so that kind of serves as the foundation for the universe as we know it. So it they will always be relevant. Hmm. With with that said, I'm out of story quotes from the community. Uh, let's let's move on to that gameplay. So we can dive right into the AI. Getting back to the question you asked, I think Halo still, even Halo One, later Halo games do improve upon it, uh, but Halo One especially has better AI than a Call of Duty game that came out last year. Uh, honestly, I, I think that it does and. It, it's just got a lot of little things. Obviously, there's this was the first game really to have really good AI on consoles. Again, if you go back to playing Perfect Dark, which I think is a really good comparison point. Have you played Perfect Dark, the original? No, on 64, right? No, I've never played it. Yeah, man. I might have, should have suggested you play that just to, to understand what a leap this game really was. Because like I said, Perfect Dark came out one or two years beforehand. It was certainly the best console first-person shooter before halo one came out it by leaps and bounds it was far better than everything else and if you compare the two perfect dark looks like an awful game hmm. it just straight up awful it's not good at all the enemies don't really do anything i mean they'll to the extent they react when you shoot at them they just you know flinch because they got shot but otherwise they just run at you they'll occasionally run behind cover but that's really the extent of it it's not anything challenging or or anything like that the challenge in those games came from upping their health and lowering yours and that's it hmm. nowadays you expect enemies to move around a bit and but but generally if you think about it it's, it's really kind of the same idea if you play call of duty on veteran the enemies aren't using any kind of complex strategies on you to try to trick you they're just killing you really really fast if yeah. you play on a higher difficulty so and they're throwing a lot of grenades a lot a lot of grenades <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> halo is is much different than that i guess before I, I go into it when you did play on heroic i assume you were watching for spots of good ai but did you see anything like that that you appreciated well, yeah, what like I said, I was trying to wear the 2001 goggles and, and, and look at it th through those lenses. And 
I wasn't always sure what to compare it to, but I, I assumed you meant like the way that, like we said, some of them retreat from you and other, and they'll flank you and they'll, you know, some of them will directly charge at you. And so I, I guess it's the, the variety of enemy behaviors you're, is, is what you're referring to. I mean, well, yeah, that's basically, yeah, that's, that's probably the core part of it in that most games enemies aren't ever going to try to flank you or try to outsmart you in halo they try to do that now obviously you're a human you can see through this and react to it but it's still i think quite a bit different than most other games Hmm. where you know if you're fighting a group of two elites and some grunts and stuff the grunts will provide covering fire and the elites will flank you from two different sites and if you're not ready and planning on you know reacting to that especially on higher difficulties you're gonna get killed and it it just works all the different enemy types they do different things uh the jackals will run you know out and kind of be generally in the way those are those the ones with the shields they're the shields Yeah. yeah the jackals are the ones with the shields and hunters also with their big shields they'll come out and kind of block the way though they're usually not with other enemies but uh they try to fight you like uh, let's go back to hunters if you're fighting hunters one of them will try to fight you in melee usually the other one though will back off and fire you at range even if you're near both of them if you're right next to both of them they'll try to melee you but otherwise one of them will back off and try to shoot at you and then back to the grunts if you kill the elites you might i don't know if you actually took this in but the grunts aren't normally scared of you especially when you first start fighting them in any combat encounter they're going to be shooting at you the whole time they don't run away unless you kill the elites Uh, theoretically the elites are their commanders in battle obviously and Hmm. they're the ones really that they're really afraid of and once you kill those they no longer wish to fight you they just run away and Hmm. It's clever stuff like that, I think, that really elevates the game. If you're fighting a jackal and you blow off its shield, it will run for cover instead of just continuing to shoot at you. That's another one. You know, lots of little details like that that other games just don't seem to have Hmm. often, especially not back in 2001. That's what makes it so good. You know, thinking about that now, as you say, it it does sound sufficiently even improved over... uh like call of duty like you say it's it's i think who was it on site it was it was one of the other marks uh he wrote an op-ed a while back on the way different games handle like higher difficulties or, or the highest difficulty he didn't mention halo in that um i think he's not personally a halo fan so he might have just not had that frame of reference but he did talk about the way that some games call it a higher difficulty just to basically inflict more damage per second on you and that's like not that's like the least interesting way of doing it and that does kind of sound a lot like call of duty now that you say it you know it's it's just like you've got to be pinpoint accurate with your shots when you peek around that corner and then get right back behind that corner real quick and it's almost like a -a whack-a-mole game whereas yeah like like you said the halo's not that way at all i mean halo like we were talking about last night halo isn't even really cover based at all (laughs) which is why the shields are so necessary because you're kind of running and gunning it's not yeah you're you're encouraged to run and gun in halo and even on legendary we played you know the library only the flood are a bit of a different enemy to fight against but you if we played against covenant on legendary and maybe i should have showed you that too 
you do have to use cover to your advantage for sure. You can't just stand out in the open shooting at everyone, but playing aggressively is definitely encouraged and it can often be the right choice, especially if you do any type of speed running in Halo, you can see how aggressive you can really be in this game while still not dying. Mm. Uh, it's, it's definitely interesting and that's not necessarily a, uh, speed running doesn't really abuse the AI or anything like that, but it it's just interesting in how the gameplay is so different than something like Call of Duty and the other stuff that's popular nowadays. It's not really comparable to anything nowadays. Uh, do you think it is? Yeah, not not among shooters, I guess. I mean, typically, if you're looking for like interesting enemy behaviors, maybe I've been. Uh so used to the fact that shooters don't often provide that that i've just found it elsewhere you know like maybe rpgs or like action adventure games will, will often have like a bunch of different enemy types like i've been playing spider-man and that um you know that spider-man game takes a lot from batman i can already tell and batman did that pretty well too but yeah i guess in sh- in shooters you don't really see that and it, maybe that's why it was kind of a blind spot for me not just the fact that i didn't have the historical context but also that i've just not taken it for well, I don't know. Is it taking it for granted, or is it the opposite of that? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> just I've just gotten used to the the fact that like you know they fire at you, you fire back, and you win if they die first, basically. So that 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 might actually help me enjoy Halo even more now that I think I am gonna just play through all the Master Chief Collection at least. <laughs> I think you should, and definitely look to that. And if if your partner is capable of it, I would suggest at least playing on normal uh, just to get a bit more of that. Obviously, you know, you might die a little bit more often, but you can try to appreciate what the enemies are doing because Bungie did a really fantastic job designing this game and all of these games, really, and and how the enemies approach combat. All the combat scenarios you're actually in are, are often very creative, mm. and it's definitely so much different than anything else and probably why it still has fans nowadays uh, even though most of the community has probably moved on to other styles of games is like the the ai impressiveness is that still that's still present in like the 343 entries too then i assume they must have had to yes when you fight the covenant it is they have a new type of enemies and I don't think those ones are nearly so successful hmm. at that. I, I mean, to to the extent it's better than something like Call of Duty, for sure, yes. It never starts playing like that. But these enemies are definitely a noticeable downgrade to the Covenant. That's probably people's biggest complaint with those games. They're oh, just wow. not particularly fun to fight against. Hmm. Interesting. So it's like they inherited all the good, and then when they had to make their own, maybe they weren't up to the task as, as much as Bungie was. It, yeah, it, well, and I, I don't want to put that all on them because, honestly, I'm not sure I could do better either. It's it's not... The Covenant are, are so well designed and so well thought out that it's hard to make something different that is equally as good. Even when you're fighting the Flood, also made by Bungie, the Covenant are clearly a step above them hmm. in terms of the combat mechanics and just generally how fun they are to fight against. I know you said you like the flood, but in higher difficulties, the covenant really shine where the flood don't really become any different. They're just constantly running at you. So it's refreshing and it's good that they're in the game, but 
they don't they don't have like the gravitas that fighting the flood has hmm. or sorry fighting the covenant has and so it's a fair knock on them i i think the problems the 343's enemies are being held to basically an impossible standard hmm. but that said they there's certainly still room for improvement on them halo 5 did approve upon them a little bit though they added some very questionable uh, boss battles oh weird yeah. <laughs> uh, which yeah I don't, I don't want to spoil those in case we ever play it but it doesn't work at all uh, i'm sure <laughs> literally everyone who's ever played it will agree with me so oh, wow <laughs> and, and i'm not joking i i think i can't imagine anyone like that i, I don't even understand how they got into the game but that's <laughs> anyway, strange that's a story for a different time yeah i mean i i feel like when they were designing hello 5 they designed it co-op from the ground up like you even have squad mate ai squad mates there with you if you don't have humans with you uh, so they designed it from the ground up so those bosses only work in co-op if you try to fight them on legendary solo it's just brutally difficult because the boss won't focus on the ai it'll always focus on you mm. and the problem is its weak point is on its back so oh wow if it's always looking at you it's really hard to kill it hmm. and it it's just not very fun but anyway like i said that's a totally different game <laughs> and uh not not relevant to here so uh, let's see how about uh, another aspect of what makes halo very popular and especially very different back then before halo every fps i i, I say every and that's probably an exaggeration well, it's probably incorrect, but it's not really an exaggeration. It's probably very close to every, if not every, shooter, especially on consoles, was a corridor shooter. As in, you have your levels, you just run through them, fighting the enemies, and through the corridors, basically. And Halo 1 did something completely different with its bigger vehicle-based battles, especially something like Assault on the Control Room, where you're in the tank approaching... The covenant well you know the covenant held position in the control room so what did you think of the vehicles in this game i thought the vehicles were terrible uh to control actually and i think it's because you know like you were alluding to there weren't a lot of games that did this back then there may have been like no others uh so i get that they hadn't yet really nailed down like the what we now consider to be like the standard vehicle controls on a, on a controller, like the way it's mapped. Um, and I think, you know, the warthog was occasionally fun if you weren't super reliant on getting somewhere, uh, within a certain time frame. but anytime, like at the end of the mall, when you have to escape within like three minutes or something, uh, the controls are just not at all reliable enough to, <laughs> to do that. I mean, it, it just fishtails everywhere. And like I said, like on the second level, when you first get the Warthog, it's kind of fun because you, you can cruise around the level pretty freely and there's no time limit and there are no tight spaces. But anytime the game told you to use, and it's really any vehicle, it's not just the Warthog, but anytime it told you to use them and you were under heavy fire or you had a time limit, it was just extremely uh, frustrating. That was one of the early reasons, especially with the Warthog, because that's kind of the only vehicle you, you use for a while. Uh that was another early frustration that led to me just being totally turned off from this game for almost the whole month. It was our playlist title. <laughs> yeah, I think 
in terms of it being different than modern games, that's probably true. You're probably a bit spoiled back then. It was definitely revolutionary, and it was also the only game doing that, so its controls were not wrong. They were just the controls. Yeah. But <laughs> I do want to point out, I, I think you probably had a lot of difficulty then, in part because there's no good way to break uh you know you're not you don't have right trigger and left trigger for gas and brake so uh, perhaps that's part of it you were probably used to that and even i last night when we were playing and i jumped in a warthog on in, in one of our multiplayer games i just held down r to go and i was just talking <laughs> the horn and then i realized oh right that's right i, had, I just used a joystick to do this so it, it's not intuitive to how you wouldn't play nowadays so maybe that's part of your problem but yeah i mean even if i get used to those controls though which eventually you know over the course of the game i remember it's it's the two sticks one is to accelerate a break and one is to turn but it just never feels right you know it, it feels extremely loose in like a fun sort of fishtaily way like i said if if there wasn't anything di- like dire on the line you know like at the end in the maw luckily i only had to redo that once um because the first time i didn't get to the end in time before everything exploded even then i was still pretty frustrated with the game where i was like okay i'm going to retry this and if this is becoming futile then i might just like stop here right at the finish line and not even get this last story completion achievement because the warthogs were so frustrating to use for me and to put a time limit on that was like just just making it doubly worse really (laughs) well you know the mall actually is very famous for that section in a very positive way well that's why uh, <laughs> you know it, well it, that's what i'm saying though it's, it's positively famous most people really like that section it's once you really have a good grasp on how to control the warthog it it makes much more sense intuitively you use that fishtail as a break basically to get around the corners well but I, I can definitely see if you're not used to controlling a vehicle like that, it is quite unlike how you would expect such a vehicle to handle and also how unlike how really any other game handles that. <laughs> so it, it it's not intuitive, especially nowadays where you're used to driving around in all kinds of different vehicles, whereas back then really the only frame of reference you would have had was a racing game, which granted this is much different than those, but... I think players were quick to and easily happy to forgive that back then, uh, simply because it was didn't have to be that way. The one that controlled worse than the warthog, though, was uh, it's the one you use towards the end when you're having to scale, like maybe like the second to last level, and you're deactivating. I don't even remember the context of it. You're deactivating some glowy light things. Uh, that's how much I care about the story. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Well, I assume you're talking about. Are you talking about two betrayals? I think so, yeah. Not the... Because the, the Banshee? Second to last level ghost? is Keys. The Banshee is the one that flies. Are you talking about the Ghost, which is the purple floating one on hovercraft on the ground? That one I like. That was the only one that I found to be, like, <laughs> easily used. The the, the flying one was the, was the difficult one for me because the controls okay, were the so different than, than what you'd expect them to yeah, be. Yeah, they, they actually do change the Banshee controls in later games. Yeah, they I figured. There's definitely a little bit weird... I'm not sure Banshees were intended to be flyable from the outset. I, I mean, maybe, but I, I feel like they probably added those in as a playable vehicle later into the game. They're not even in multiplayer. You can't even play them in multiplayer. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that yeah. probably get, yeah, that kind of a weird vertical limit to, I mean, they would they would be so high yeah, up well, in the, the Later games, they do just do it, and there's just an invisible ceiling. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, man, in, that, in Halo 2, when I was much younger, that was very abusable. Halo is, is a game with a lot of glitches. Anyway, we can talk about those <laughs> later. Because um, there's, there's a whole different side of the game that you didn't, experience and that master chief collection doesn't really show you so it we can talk about that later though but yeah i i think overall the vehicles well uh, let, let me rephrase them so as, aside from vehicle controls though let's talk about like assault on the control room that tank sequence did you like that sequence was it still cool to someone nowadays because it, it is to me still but i don't know how much nostalgia is playing into that versus how someone who's played plenty of vehicle sections and many other games would treat it. Yeah. I kind of treated it like that. I guess it, again, that was kind of the problem this whole month was playing it in 2018, but trying to pretend like I'm playing it in 2001. Basically I even would play a lot of the levels vehicles sections or not with the old textures on just to see what things were really like back then. That was crazy. But, uh, (laughs) Not that I wasn't playing games back then. I guess it just, you know you kind of forget when when you get so spoiled with modern stuff. I mean to bring it back to Call of Duty. Call of Duty does this thing with all their games where you know there's going to be 15 levels or so, and four of them are going to be in various vehicles. I, I guess I was spoiled f- from that uh, from that perspective. But it's kind of like what I say, and this is going to sound like a weird a weird uh, reference, but it's kind of like what I say with the Twilight Zone, like the old show from the 60s it was. Like, so much of modern sci-fi and, and, and modern, like, philosophical, like, sort of, like, social commentary sci-fi, that like, Black Mirror and stuff, like, those sorts of stories owe so much to Twilight Zone. And when you go back and watch the old Twilight Zone episodes, you can often see, like, their, their famous twists and the stories coming from a mile away. And you think, oh, I've seen that a million times. And it's like, well, yeah, you have, but that's because Twilight Zone did it first, and since then, everybody's done it. <laughs> so... In a similar way, I can appreciate Halo doing these these vehicle sections like the tank or, or you know, like I said, even the Warthog is fun if, if there was no time limit. <laughs> but uh, it's just at, at this point, we've done it so much that you kind of have to you have to be charitable and look back and say, like, yeah, I've seen this before. But if I'm pretending this is 2001, I'm seeing this for the first time. And that's pretty damn cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's exactly right. I, I will say just to make it abundantly clear that playing Halo 1 in 2018 is not honestly a particularly great <laughs> experience. Uh, it's it's still modern in some ways. Like I said, I think the AI is still somewhat modern, but pretty much everything else, the game just doesn't feel good to play. It feels really just weird to control, and it just it doesn't feel good. <laughs> so it can be hard to get past that. And I, I think you've actually done an admirable job of getting past that. Uh, especially, I, I guess I'm glad I forced you to play last night so you could re-see what's, what's really popular about it. Did you have any sections at all that you thought were really cool? Because, again, like I said, the mall assault on the control room, uh, the beginning beach battle on silent cartographer, all famously very popular for any video game and that's part of what made halo so good Mm. back then is 
is sections like that. So did you get any sections where you thought, wow, that was really cool? Well, I will answer that question. Uh, I'll sort of answer in the opposite way first, because you mentioned silent cartographer, and I've I've heard that name thrown around. I knew it was like some famously popular level with Halo even before I'd played this. And that was the so that's the fourth level, if I'm not mistaken, which is correct right over the hump. Like so, I'd played three levels, frustrated out of my mind, and then was like busy for the rest of the month. And then basically, I speed ran the last seven levels um, two days ago, starting with Silent Cartographer. And even then, it was although I ultimately came out more positive than I was for the duration of August. Uh, Silent Cartographer did not initially fix it for me. It was later where I started to turn the corner and started to appreciate it more because the opening of Silent Cartographer uh, is one of many examples in the game that, yes, it's not a corridor shooter, and that's cool that they're different, but they give you so much unused space in this game that it's it feels so wasteful, and I constantly didn't know where to go. Like, I was, I was heavily reliant on the the top left corner telling me checkpoint because i knew then i was going the right way because otherwise i was like i might be going the wrong way (laughs) again like i knew if i hit a checkpoint that i was working the right way and then you know soon after i'd see some enemies drop down and like do something interesting that you were obviously intended to see and it wasn't just like you didn't just happen down the wrong corridor and i knew then i wasn't lost but um yeah that beach sequence man that there's (laughs) there are a few points where i'm like i still don't know what i'm doing this is not getting better like (laughs) <laughs> but you know with 48 hours between then and now i knew i just had to keep doing it and i would say uh where i start i don't know which level i started to turn the corner at maybe even the very next one whatever that was but next one was assault on the control room which is very linear so that probably helped you okay is that uh that's, that's where the, the flood the come tank. out no uh the flood come out in the level after assault oh, okay. on the control room yeah. Oh, anyway, it, whichever one it was, my uh, I know my favorite level, which is the one we played last night again on a higher difficulty, was the library. Even though that one is very repetitive, um, I didn't get lost, and I thought the you know that's I think that's the first time they give you the shotgun too, and just running around almost in I mean I've, I've I shouldn't make this comparison because I've not played Doom, but it played what I imagined Doom to sort of be like, which is like super fast, a lot of strafing and not well not sprinting because Halo doesn't let you sprint, but just a lot of like ice skating around the levels, like trying to do some crowd control basically uh, with the many different like flood variant enemies that come after you. And that was the first time when I was like, oh, that level is actually pretty cool. And then from then on, I. I, I was just, I guess, enjoying it more and more. Um, again, never to such a, an enormous extent that I'm a fan of the series, but I'm still somehow someone who's going to play the rest of the series, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark actually told me last night that his favorite level was the library. That's that one, right? Is that the one I meant? Yeah, that's that's what you're talking about. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, honestly, I, I think you're the first person to ever say that. Really? <laughs> uh, ever. Yeah, I... I can't. Most people either tolerate the flood or dislike fighting the flood. Whereas you're over here going, "This is great." So I guess Bungie finally found their target audience like ten <laughs> years later. Uh, so that's, oh, that's great. Strange. <laughs> that shows you how like how wrong I probably am for the series. I guess. <laughs> oh well, I would have thought well, that's a popular one. What is it? Because oh, they're no. difficult. Because I mean, I played on easier difficulty. On uh, the higher difficulties. And especially solo, it is very hard. Mm-hmm. It's also very, very repetitive. Uh, obviously, that's a, a big flaw for the game anyway. You can tell they just wanted to extend the game but didn't have 
the budget or time to actually make new content. So <laughs> they just reused a lot of it. And the library is the prime example to that because it's like four different floors and they're all pretty much identical and you just run through the same thing yeah. over and over again. It feels <laughs> like it takes forever. And on easy, you probably don't get that. Uh, but even just think about like last night, uh, what you and I played, we played basically through the end of the first floor. We would have had to do that same thing three more times yeah. to get to the end. <laughs> and it it's kind of grueling, especially on Legendary, if you're trying not to die a lot. And it it's a lot. And it, <laughs> that, I, I don't think that level really works, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad you liked it. So, again, you know, uh, someone it, it has one fan, so good for it. Wow. And uh, you can... <laughs> You can stand tall, you know, thinking that. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea that that was such an outlier opinion. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I, I'm sure, obviously, someone else thinks that, but it, it is not common at all. You are certainly in the minority with it. <laughs> I did have a comment from, from one of our four most faithful uh, Hawkeye Barry 20 I wanted to share. It was kind of touching on something you were talking about earlier, uh, or I guess we've hit on it a few times, just the... The disconnect between 2001 and 2018 and and how tough it might be to go back if you didn't play it the first time through he said i didn't start playing any of the halo games until the third game came out so i don't have any nostalgia with this one this probably won't be popular but this is easily my least favorite halo the combat itself is fun and what helped make the, this franchise explode but as someone who plays the campaign first i really didn't enjoy this he continues so many of the levels feel longer than they need to be, probably because some levels recycled the same parts over and over. I don't really hold this against the game considering when it came out, but it definitely keeps me from returning to it. I don't give a pass to the story. Halo isn't known for their story, but if the name wasn't Halo, I wouldn't know what I was trying to do. During the game, I was thinking, how did I get here? No idea. <laughs> Where am I supposed to go? Follow the path and hope I end up at the Halo? Th that's the end of his quote, but a lot of, a lot of that was... Certainly, my early thoughts were were echoing that pretty precisely, and then even I think towards that's the end, fair. Yeah. That's very fair. I mean, <laughs> I I can't disagree with that criticism, especially replaying it recently. It's definitely true. Modern games have surpassed Halo One, not in every way, but it, in many ways, and certainly level design is is one of them. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's good overall. Uh, one of the things we didn't really get to fully experience. But certainly put Halo on the map, probably the primary thing, uh, is its multiplayer. So you and I played one 16-player match on Hang'em High, which is probably the second best multiplayer map in Halo 1, according to general consensus. Uh, the first one being Blood Gulch, which you might have heard of. I have heard of it, yeah. I, didn't, I, I played some Halo multiplayer solo uh, earlier in the month when I was still extremely frustrated with the game and um, naturally I wasn't enjoying it then either <laughs> but uh, I don't think I played that level either way Blood Gulch is, is different it's it's a very good map but hang them high uh, playing the 16 player that game was clearly not made for or the map was not made for 16 players I, I don't care that it technically supports it it wasn't <laughs> very good and <laughs> I I don't know I mean it, it I just felt uh I wasn't too happy with it, but I assume you probably felt about the same, or did you did you like it a lot? So, 
Uh, on a micro level, I enjoyed that singular round because I finished with the highest score on our team and we won. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I kind of learned on the fly and still came in first. Although, you know, my kill death, I don't know if Halo is a community that cares about kill death, but mm-hmm. it was... Oh, they do. Yeah, mine, they was, do. mine was five <laughs> kills to ten deaths. So I mostly got my points just from keeping the... Um, like holding down the forward basically <laughs> but uh, which is fair someone's got to do it yeah <laughs> but yeah so on a micro level i did enjoy that level um on a, on a more macro on a broader spectrum uh or, or from a like a broader scope i i don't think the halo multiplayer suite is like something for me anymore i i think you know to to be really honest i think PUBG has kind of ruined most typical shooters for me like you know anything that's like a deathmatch sort of game mode or a team deathmatch or or even like search and destroy in call of duty which i used to adore like battle royale and i know we have a bunch of detractors on site for battle royale but for me it's kind of ruined a whole bunch of multiplayer experiences like i've not i've not really been into multiplayer very long i used to have a thing with for call of duty for a long time got out of that was single player exclusively for years and years as you know i think when i met you uh, i still wasn't really into multiplayer and then over the past year that's changed and suddenly i love onrush and sea of thieves and rocket league and PUBG and but i'm still not really going back to tr- more traditional multiplayer experiences like halo kind of is and it's it's cool that you know like the time to kill is different and they've got some bigger maps with like the some unique objectives that i don't see in other game modes or like the warthogs are are rolling around but in general i i think i can't go back to this sort of shooter anymore even even as it is different enough from call of duty or or battlefield like i i think PUBG has kind of (laughs) ruined any chance that I, i would ever like the halo multiplayer yeah, I, I I think that's very fair and probably honestly somewhat true for me as well. I do wish we could have played some Blood Gold CTF, uh, as that's probably the game's shining moment as far as its multiplayer goes. Uh, back then, it was very good because it was different and new, and it supported land plays. So if you got together with like eight or ten or twelve or even up to sixteen friends uh, to play, and you managed to get all the xboxes and tvs there it was (laughs) an absolute blast and quite unlike anything else you were ever going to experience playing all together doing that so you can probably imagine that that would potentially be very fun you don't really get that experience online and especially not playing stuff that wasn't optimal so i i do agree that modern gaming has probably moved past it and with you saying that, you're right. I probably, I'm not too thrilled with round-based multiplayer like that anymore either, where you just kind of pop in a level for eight minutes and just do whatever and yeah, just get out. Yeah, the general cycle of respawning and and I don't know. I it might just be the respawning. I think I just like PUBG, where it's like you've got one shot or you're onto the next if you if you screw up basically. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, you might like Counter Strike then. Uh, it's round based, uh, much shorter rounds, but you do have permanent death in each round, so maybe you would like that. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, that's a totally different yeah, type yeah. of game uh, <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> but I I will say that Halo's time to kill is definitely in in terms of the competitor shoot, competitive shooter market in. Halo as a series has historically been very competitive. It 
put MLG on the map. Now, PC obviously had its own separate esports community growing at the same time. But as far as console gaming goes, Halo 2 and even Halo 1 are basically created the console esports scene. Uh, you wouldn't have had it nearly so quickly without it. So hmm. I, I think the time to kill helps a lot with that because while it, it can be pretty quick, you can get three shot by a pistol, but assuming you're not playing against people that can do that, you really have a lot of time to react versus something like call of duty nowadays where call of duty is just trying to give anyone they can a kill. And so <laughs> yeah. even the worst player just needs to put like two bu- bullets in you on accident and you're just going to fall over dead <laughs> so, <laughs> on accident. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like really though, I no, mean, I they know. are trying to do that. The game is clearly designed to make sure that anyone can play it and at least kill someone uh, obviously they'll probably lose if you're really really bad but you won't lose and go zero and 15 which definitely can and does happen in halo if you are bad at that game and you're playing it's people who are skilled then you're gonna get trashed and it doesn't feel good uh so it, it's <laughs> the, you, you can see why infinity ward when they made call of duty 4 well and even earlier call of duties opted to make sure that the game worked like that uh and it worked because obviously call of duty is much more popular nowadays it's much more accessible but i i will say that halo still maintains being different thanks to that time to kill and i I do really appreciate that aspect of it Hmm. so let's move on to the closing thoughts then uh as far as stats go unfortunately it was originally intended that we would only track Halo 1 achievements uh, in the 360 version and then Halo 1 specific achievements in Master Chief Collection. Anyone that looked at the stats throughout the month might have noticed that it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, so it, it made it look like we had our wildly most popular month <laughs> ever, uh, which uh, unfortunately I have no idea if that's true or not, but it, it's probably misleading. It, it said we had tens of thousands of achievement unlocks for other halo games so (laughs) all all i can say is that a lot of people played and personally (laughs) i i had already completed master chief collection so i decided the whole thing to try to jump in yeah i I have them all 600 achievements six yeah yeah. jesus you did that Oh, it's fun. I really like Halo. No, yeah, that's uh, that's commendable. I just I didn't think I knew anybody who did that. That's insane. I looked at the list. Yeah, I was well, like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I I did. It was it was fun. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I, I did start the 360 version though, uh, which has a very similar list, and I only got a hundred gamer score mainly because I only beat one level uh, before I just ran out of time. And I've played Halo so many times that I didn't feel like I needed yeah. to play this month much more uh you know i I did when i loaded up master chief collection a couple of times kind of jump in you know play the beginning of uh truth and reconciliation which is the sniper section and i played the beginning of silent cartographer uh, just that initial attack but otherwise you know i i remember how the game is i i didn't need to play it yeah yeah, so i I got 100 gamer score this month it was it was great uh (laughs) Uh, what did what did you get though? I got out of out of a total of six hundred possible, <laughs> I got twenty nine <laughs> f- 
for 220 gamer score and i think i really got 28 but that 29th came last night when my fiance and i started halo 2 and co-op okay <laughs> so uh, we we did well though you you beat the game on on easy and, and <laughs> so i i will ask a couple of questions then uh, of you do you understand why halo is popular now mostly i think <laughs> i still wonder how popular it would be today if it didn't have land parties behind the i guess it was halo 2 that really blew up if i have that correct halo 2 is what had halo 2 basically blew up xbox live there's actually a, a quote i want to read off that kind of touches on both of those uh reload memory well sorry two quotes uh reload memories he said without the original halo there probably isn't an xbox at least not the way we enjoy it today i do think that's true uh dragonborn gear also said halo ce is definitely also the reason i bought an xbox halo 2 is what got me to get xbox live and halo 3 is what made me care about achievements more mm. and i i think that's probably true of a huge number of people exactly like that even uh, halo 3 has probably prompted a lot of people to get an xbox 360 and then they love the game so they wanted to get all the achievements i, I would think that would work certainly uh, as i mentioned earlier halo 1 was probably the only good game on xbox uh, truly <laughs> good it, it had some other okay you know voodoo events i'm sure some people will you know flay me for saying that but most of no, actually, all of Xbox's launch games were awful except for Halo, <laughs> and it continued on like that until Knights of the Old Republic came out. So it, Halo 1 was important, and so many people, myself included, I, I went over to a friend's house, played Halo one time, and knew I need an Xbox for this because I had a GameCube, and it wasn't offering anything like that, and the PS2 didn't either. Uh, Halo 2 also basically kickstarted Xbox Live, which did exist before that. I had a lot of memories playing Splinter Cell Pandora tomorrow, uh, but Halo 2 is really where it got big. It had a ranking system. It had party chat, all the stuff that you know and love today and, and kind of expect from console online multiplayer. Halo started before it was standard. Like like I said, I, I still wonder how popular the series would be without land parties but ultimately i'm happy it kind of carried the xbox on its shoulders for a few years like you said because since then we've had so many awesome things come out of it like you know not to not the least of which is this very website <laughs> like true achievements wouldn't exist without halo you could directly you know you could directly draw that line but if you think of like everything that Xbox is today with like it's got the Game Pass which is I think is a really cool achievement system which basically everyone copied since except for Nintendo cuz they're weird. Uh, sea of Thieves, we can't forget that. Sea of uh, Yes, of course, Sea of Thieves, uh Gears, Forza, <laughs> State of Decay, Sunset Overdrive, Back Compat, uh or even just like their role as a direct competitor to Sony to to push Sony to to do better as well because I think in turn Sony does a lot of cool stuff. Um that's why I always get like all the you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford both each generation and, and even Nintendo. If they do enough interesting stuff, I'll get theirs too, like this time. Um, but like none of that exists without Halo, basically. And that was sort of Xbox's big bang. And even as I'll never properly call myself a Halo fan, because I don't see myself as one, um, I am thankful there were so many other legitimate Halo fans at the turn of the century that turned Xbox into like a 
from, took it from being the next Dreamcast to just being the next PlayStation, basically, which which was huge. So in that way, I do appreciate it greatly. And on that note, we have a few more pieces of feedback that that sort of paint a similar picture. Um, Cylon118 said, I've been a fan of the series from the very start. In fact, this is the reason I own an Xbox. I'll freely admit that I think the later titles have gotten weaker, but that doesn't mean I haven't still enjoyed them. But as for the first game, I still think it is brilliant. That first level had a feel to it that I couldn't remember having in any game up to that point. But it is still admittedly nothing too special. But once I got to the second level, and especially the point in the second level where you get access to the Warthog, I knew I was playing something very different, as I could get get in it and go wherever I wanted, and I could have a friend get in the passenger or gunner seat, and they could look and do whatever they wanted. I'd never felt that sort of freedom before in a shooter, and to be fair, can't think of any shooters to this day that do it as well as Halo still does now. And then Bad Kermit recalled memories playing with his dad who wasn't a gamer which i liked a lot because my dad is also awesome (laughs) he said i have a very fond memory of the initial release of this game i have a very german father who's great and (laughs) that must be some cultural thing i'm not getting i have a very german father who's great but we don't have the most lovey-dovey relationship around the time this game was released i was staying at my parents house relatively fresh out of college I somehow talked my dad, a total non-gamer, into co-oping this, and we stayed up until about 3.30 a.m. finishing it. I don't think I ever saw my dad awake after 11 p.m. before that night. It was a great bonding moment, a cherished memory, and a blast to play. It'll always have a special place in my heart solely for that. And then um, I thought it could close with Beta Sig, who I put it in a really interesting way that I hadn't thought of. He said, among other things, I pulled this quote directly from a longer thread he he'd contributed to. He said, Playing Halo back in 2001 to 2002 was like seeing the original Star Wars in theaters. Experiencing it at the time gives you a much different perspective and a reverence for it that people who came to it later will just never feel. And I think that that one especially put a good like end cap on my thoughts as I was having this 11th hour transformation from a Halo hater to a Halo appreciator in some to some extent. And uh, I figured, you know, maybe I'm just too far out of context, and if I squint my eyes and look at it through 2001 glasses then it actually is kind of a lot of it is kind of cool (laughs) yeah i think that's exactly right and i i think i guess the most important takeaway for this game is its legacy and while it may not be good nowadays what it created uh, is is definitely quite a bit different and important than uh, you know, anything else really uh, yeah. in that time of gaming. So, <laughs> with, with that said, uh, I think it's time to close our our chapter on Halo and move on to next month, which is Red Dead Redemption. Mark, do you have any any thoughts about that game that you'd you'd like to to share moving forward with it? Yeah, I'll spoil quickly that, you know, I loved it the first time around like most people do. I'm excited to go back again, especially right before the sequel. That's kind of what we had planned. We figured if it won, it'd be perfectly timed to to get in and replay it with the whole community before we all, most of all, let's jump on the sequel. So uh, I'm excited to look at it. You know, it's not as old as Halo, but it's, it's now already eight years old. So that's kind of a time machine as well, like a lot of our games for playlists have been. So I'm um, yeah I'm curious to see how it holds up these days, especially just right before the sequel. That'll it'll help me paint that in a proper context too. Yeah. So 
I'm definitely not going to be playing this game with you guys <laughs> this month. Uh, uh, I, I've never played it, and I am vaguely interested in it. Well, actually, I'm not interested in it at all, but I, I like to try to play these games whenever I can. Unfortunately, my workload this month is going to be very high, and as it is usually, I, I can usually only play shorter games nowadays. And this one is... It's right. definitely very long if I want to get the full experience, which I would feel compelled to do. So I, I will be sitting out this podcast. But uh, I, as far as I'm aware, Sam will be back. Yeah. So it won't just be uh, me talking he's, in he's, an empty room. Yeah, he's he's not <laughs> as good as me, uh, but he's he's a fine <laughs> replacement, and uh, I think he'd agree. So it, <laughs> sure, it's sure. <laughs> it, it's fine. So with that said. You guys enjoy Red Dead Redemption. Watch out for the poll, which will probably be coming very soon. Uh, and, you know, vote for October's Scary Games, which I might or might not be back for. So that'll, <laughs> that'll be fun. I hope to be here. Uh, Outlast is not going to be on the poll. And, so uh, stop asking. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> so that said, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe us, especially on, on Apple. All that stuff, you guys have heard it. And if you haven't done it yet, I don't know why not, but please do it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.